happy, like, a little bit reopening day. Like, we're sure <laughs> Not day. Week. It, no, it was like reopening week. day, wasn't it? It was the 12th. Yeah. There was a big old day, April 12th. So I know that this week I've been in a lot better of a mood. I've been knackered because I'm back on, like, doing quite a lot. But <laughs> I don't know. I've been happier. I don't know. And it's really small things. Like, today I nipped out and had a a coffee at my favorite ca- cafe outside. I mean, I had, like, four layers on because <laughs> it's English. fucking gold. Because <laughs> it, <was, laughs> it doesn't matter. I was there. I was smiling. It was packed. Everyone was happy. Like, it's like everyone in England is really happy right now. Or drunk. They're drunk or happy. Either one. Whatever. Yeah. Or both. Sometimes both. Sometimes it goes the wrong way. But, yeah. So, it's been really good. I work at a gym as one of the things I do. <laughs> and it's just been a really good week. So, it was a brand new gym that opened. Yeah, it was really good. My The first day, though. So I was closing the gym, actually. Not closing it because it, – anyway. I was getting off work. And right as I was leaving, you know the stair climbers? Mm-hmm. Right. So the stair climbers. This guy goes flying off the back of the stair climber. <gasps> but then is, like, hanging on still. And then the stairs are, like, running down his stomach. Oh, Ouch. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm never using a stair climber. I mean, I've never seen that happen before. You've seen people go off the back of treadmills. It happens. Okay. You must see that all the time. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> saw one yesterday. Anyway, uh, we're on like day day four of the gym being open again. <laughs> um, no, but I felt so bad for him because it's like I had to be like, let go. You need to let go. <laughs> um, come off of it. And then it was, um, yeah, poor guy. I just made sure he was okay because I was like, I'm a first dater. <laughs> um, so I was all excited because I got to eat. No, it wasn't. And he was okay, but, you know, I was just like, but then he like ran away basically because he was so embarrassed, obviously. I think if that happened to me, I would burn my gym membership. I could never go back to that location again. Cancel my membership. I Don't even give me my money back. Just cancel it because I could never go back in that building again. No, exactly. Yeah, so bless his heart. Um, so I just made sure he was okay. And then he was like ran off because he was just really embarrassed. But I hope he comes back. Pal, if you're listening, you can come back. <laughs> if you're listening, it's okay. Has the gym been busy? Or? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, especially – so on Monday when it opened at 12 in the afternoon, midday, um, we were at capa- – almost at capacity at, like, 12.30. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. I have never wanted to work out, like, in my life. So this <laughs> baffles me that people are like, oh, I just can't wait for the gym to open. I'm like, why? <laughs> You're like, this why? is great. I've had what an excuse it? for this, you know <laughs> – all this time, this whole pandemic, I haven't had like feel guilty about not going. <laughs> um, yeah, it's actually slowed down. You know, it's more, it's a little bit calmer. Like I think that first day was like everyone's really keen. Let's go. Now everybody's sore. Yeah, everyone's like, eh, okay, <laughs> well there we go. We've done that. So now we're gonna go to the pub. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a uh, oh, and it was just crazy. Like I live obviously in town, around town, and like Monday was insane. They had the big ambulance bus out. You know they like bring the ambulance bus like to like triage people from drinking in the street. <laughs> in the street, yeah. that was out on a Monday. It was literally all like eighteen-year-olds. Yeah, like, and it was just like, oh my gosh, like this is wild. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Murder Friends, the podcast where three friends from three different countries talk about murder. My name's Alana, and I'm Canadian. I'm Anna, and I'm American. 
My name's Hannah, and I'm British. So sit back and relax. You're among friends, and let's talk murder. So what have you guys been doing this week on the grand partial reopening of the UK week? <laughs> I just was waving I, my hands around. Yeah. You can't see me at home. She's <laughs> <laughs> flailing around. Uh, I went I went to my office, which was weird. I haven't <laughs> been in in seven months. And like, wow. you, you could tell. <laughs> my desk was just like full of like filing and I was like, oh no. <laughs> um, but it was all right. The commute wasn't bad. It was quiet. It Did was you good. listen to a podcast? I listened to, I'm going to get onto that. Um, I did listen to a podcast, almost an entire series of a podcast because my commute is so long. And also, um, yeah, because I went for a walk at lunchtime as well. And I was like, I'll put that on as well. So, um, yeah, it was good. It was kind of nice to be back Mm. in the office. It's like, I know it sounds weird. And like, I do like working from home, but at the same time, I do like, I like everything that I have in my desk drawers. Yeah. Like my little cutlery set <laughs> and like my, my good cup and like my Jimmy Cheese, which I'd left there and like just, just like my good stationery. Yeah. Mm. It's not oh. the same. It's not the same working from home. No, it really isn't. It isn't, but it's good. I mean, fingers crossed you get to go in a little bit more <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of put me off now. I don't want to go back. <laughs> You're like, all right, I've done it. Done it. Like one, I think one day every seven months should be right enough, right? <laughs> Can you get a contract for that? Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say no. <laughs> like, Definitely I'm happy not. To work with you. I'm only gonna come in once every seven months. Once every seven months. I still want a desk, though. I want a desk, my own desk, yeah. still. So, for that. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep all my stuff on my desk. <laughs> like, there's like pictures of like your husband and your cat there, but you're like never. There's literally it. pictures of my husband and my cat on my desk. <laughs> It's nice. It's like it gets you through your day. And like when we before, like before the pandemic, it was like one of those things that got you through your day when you could see like I had a little like a wedding photo on my desk, and I have like a picture of Edie, which is like my stupid cat. And it was just like this is why I go to work to make sure that she can have like nice cat treats and like good toys. So she's the reason why I do it. Pay for the vet bills. (laughs) God damn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's all good. Yeah, yeah it's good. Um, well, have you guys been watching anything exciting? You want to share for those? I mean, we're obviously not fully open. We're sort of. You can be outside. You can do things outside right now, and uh, <laughs> um, it's real cold. So um, I'm still inside. Um, other than like, you can go to the gym and you can go in the store, so you can uh, walk around the stores. So, what are you guys watching? I finally started watching Line of Duty. <gasps> yes. Everybody, anyone who knows about Murder Friends has been messaging me and be like, you really need to watch Line of Duty. It's unlike any detective show you've ever seen. I was like, all right, all right, all right. I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. And then people kept saying, oh, Line of Duty, Line of Duty. And it's on the the newest season they've been really pushing on BBC iPlayer. So I was like, you know what? All right, fine. Watch Line of Duty. So You started from um, the beginning, yeah? Oh, yeah. We okay, sorry. Breeze through the first season, and now we're, like, partially through the second season. It is really good. <laughs> <laughs> damn it, they were like, damn right. it. <laughs> I knew it was going to be good, but it is really good. So we actually, I timed it so the episode would finish just in time for recording, and then there mm. there will be enough time for another episode when we are finished, so I'll go back in and watch another one. <laughs> That's it's exactly kind of hard, though, because they're, like, almost a solid 60 minutes long, and there's only, oh, like, yeah. five or six episodes a season so they're quite mm. short um but yeah it is really good so i'm i'm finally i'm finally into the line of duty 
cheer squad. It's good. <laughs> it's good. I'm on the new season. Like, I'm all caught up. I think I, I two years ago I binged it, got caught up. I think I watched the last new season and then this one. And I've got the episode from Sunday, like, ready to go. My husband is not in the house. He's um he's not here. So it's me. <laughs> do you want to tell um, the people why <laughs> your husband is not in the house, Anna? Because, okay, well, we basically forced our husbands to go on a little mandate to the pub <laughs> to get out of the house. <laughs> They've gone alone. on a date. It's so mandate. funny. <laughs> Basically, because he and I live so funny. Walked, walking distance from each other. So yeah. we're, like, right around the corner from each other. And I was like, you know, we sort of were like, why don't they go out? Why don't they just, like, go outside? Yeah, can you just <laughs> go outside? So we we organized a play date. We, yeah, like, we, organized, play date. <laughs> we organized a play date for our husband. So, no um, yeah, that's, that's what they're doing. So I'm literally <laughs> going to get in, I'm gonna lay in bed with my glass of red. I don't normally drink at, during the week or anything, but, like, it's been a fucking – sorry, can I – I can swear it's our podcast. Um, Dude. <laughs> have you listened to any episode? I know. Do you know why? It's because I've been at work, you know, like working with people again. <laughs> and I'm like, Doesn't oh, yeah. stop me. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness. Anyway, um, yeah, so I'm going to have a glass of red. Watch the newest episode of Line of Duty alone and live my best life. For True Crime News this week, we are going to talk about the disappearance of Kristen Smart. <gasps> so two arrests were made on the 13th of April 2021 in relation to the nearly 25-year-old case of the disappearance of Kristen Smart. Kristen was 19 years old, tall and natural blonde, and was last seen leaving a college party on the 25th of May 1996 with a group of acquaintances. On the short walk home to campus, Kristen and the now-arrested Paul Flores were left to complete the walk alone. Paul said that he walked her walked to his dorm with Kristen and then watched her walk to her dorm by herself. Apparently she was very inebriated at this point. Paul Flores, who's now 44, has been the prime suspect in the case and he was arrested along with his father, Ruben Flores, who's aged 80. Both of the men's properties have been searched and, quote, items of interest, quote, have been recovered. So there is a podcast called Your Own Backyard, which was written and produced by Chris Lambert in 2019, and it looked into Kristen's disappearance, and it renewed sort of like public interest in the case. I know we've all downloaded the podcast now, and we've, we're have we at like differing stages of it, mm. but I was like really, really stumped that none of us had listened to it before, or like I brought know. it up, or said, oh, have you listened to that? Because that's like basically the gist of all of our conversations a lot of the time, is like, have you seen this podcast or have you done that? I am on episode six of it because I have a, I went to work and I had a commute. And there was one part in it where they were like discussing Paul Flores' nicknames. And they, he had nicknames in school and, co- in school and college like Scary Paul, Psycho Paul, and my favourite, Chester the Molester. <laughs> Oh my God. His name's not even Chester. That's bad. It's yeah. not. It's not a yeah. good sign. It's, it's not, not a good sign. Um, so that's really interesting and kind of a developing case at the moment. And I think we'll probably talk about the podcast at some point. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. we, should, we shall review it. So if everyone listening now, go download it and we will review it maybe in a, another episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, t- and tell us what you think about it as well. And we'll include some of those. Yeah. 
send it through. It's a good idea, actually. Uh, send what you think about it. I've actually only listened to the first. I'm almost done with the first episode. I've just started it today. So I'm on it. But yeah, let's do it. So next, I think we'll say next full episode, we'll we'll have a go at it. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. There, I mean, I'm not going to talk about the podcast now because obviously we're going to talk about it later. But there's, I think I'm on episode four or five. I've been binging it all day. There's one part that I found so fucking scary and unnerving and upsetting that I had to explain. I had to tell somebody. So I explained the entire (laughs) gist of the podcast to my partner just so I could explain this one section because it was this one section that was just like, (laughs) it just like hit me different. I don't know why we will talk about it when we bring up this podcast, but I was just like, I need to tell someone right now. <laughs> but first, I have to explain the entire story <laughs> up until that point. You should have just said it out of context and tried to, like, get the... <laughs> get the- <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll have to tell us which part, definitely, in particular. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm making notes. Yeah, cool, there's, cool. there's one part which I've made a note on, which made me so unbelievably upset. That I sort of like wrote it down in the notes section of my phone while I was, I was like out on my stupid little walk. So, mm. Mm. okay, good. All right, so definitely have a have, have a download, guys, and um, give us your feedback before the episode, and we can uh, bring it up when we record. Yeah, it's called Your Own Backyard, and it was written and produced by Chris Lambert a couple of years ago. So this week, one of the things we are reviewing is called Murder Among the Mormons. Did either of you guys watch it, part of it, all of it, some of it? Yeah, I watched all of it. I tried like eight times. I just kept putting the gu- <laughs> There's a guy that talks really softly and he kept putting me to sleep. He needs to like, he needs to make um, like a sleeping app. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't trying to be rude. It was just- <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> this guy needs to make like a sleep ASMR yeah. podcast. Yeah. All right. So I watched the three-part docu-series on Netflix. Um, we actually ended up watching it all in one sitting. There wasn't a lot on TV at the time. <laughs> um, and just kind of like powered through it. And I figured... I've written out a no-spoiler review in case people do want to watch it because I thought the revelation at the end was actually really interesting. So, our story takes place in Salt Lake City in 1985. A series of pipe bombs kill two people and severely injures another. It's not clear why these bombs were planted or if there's more. It, it's a real, like, panic in the city because, A, this has never happened before, and they don't know how many more are waiting around the city, you know, if other people are going to be murdered. There may be a connection to the Church of Latter-day Saints, or the LDS. There are a ton of historical documents in this area relating to the church, and the business of collecting these documents is, <laughs> I wrote, is booming, no pun intended. I'm so sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> Should have maybe edited that out. Real sorry. So basically, you know, you think of um, LDS, you know, Mormons, a lot are based in Salt Lake City. So naturally, there are a lot of historical documents in this area. I never really thought about it before, but there are loads of people who research, who like seek out these documents and then sell them. Which I guess is pretty interesting when you think of, like, other religions. They're just way too old. You're not going to find these types of documents. But for a fairly 
recent religion, the possibility of finding things is still po- like it's still possible. So the murders shock the community when numerous early Mormon letters and diaries are found destroyed in the vehicle of the third victim, Mark Hoffman, a renowned collector of rare documents, including the infamous White Salamander Letter, which was a artifact whose contents threatened to shake the very idea of what Mormonism is. Essentially, these documents were found and potentially destroyed within the bomb, um, and they might contradict the basis of basis of Mormonism and how it was started, all that kind of stuff. So it's in Mark Hoffman's car. He collects these things. He's not killed, but he is like pretty severely injured, and all of these documents are basically like exploded out from the, his, the trunk of his car. So, Murder Among the Mormons is a really comprehensive look at one of the most shocking crimes in the Mormon community, and the we do discover um, the criminal mastermind behind it all. So, episode one and two were a little bit confusing to me, and I can kind of see why you fell asleep. There are a lot of characters, and they are all white men with similar names, and they all kind of look like each other. So, (laughs) when they're interviewing these men, I was losing track of who is who, and whose relationship with who, and why is he talking, and who is this man, because they all do kind of look alike. And um, (laughs) it was a little bit difficult, but I think the third episode was so eerie that it completely makes up for any of the slowness earlier in the show and in the first two episodes. So we get a ton of information on LDS, on LDS-related documents. Um, It goes into some of the troubles within the church, and that stuff is kind of confusing and a little bit overwhelming, but it does make sense why it's important, and it, it obviously does come back into the story afterwards. And like I said, we do find who the pipe bomb maker slash murderer is. And there's interviews with said person in the last episode that are so, so like deadpan and extremely creepy. I almost wish more of the show kind of went into that rather than the buildup. That was a bit slow. But overall, I thought it was really interesting. I really didn't know much of this story. I kind of a podcast must have done it, you know, like My Favorite Murder or something. I, I like the, yeah, remember yeah. the sort of the, the basis of it, but I really didn't know the details. And um, there was a lot of really interesting interviews. <laughs> there was one of the friends, I don't know if you caught him, who was like a more flamboyant version of Winston Churchill. Yes. <laughs> he is he is really good. <laughs> that is the most accurate, <laughs> the most accurate description Oh, amazing. He is a great, he does a great interview and he really like, he's very passionate about it and he, and he very outspoken. So it was, it's a really good interview. Um, and we do get a lot of actual footage too. Of course, this is only in 85. Yeah. So there's loads of like news footage and stuff. But yeah, overall, I think it was worth a, a watch. First two episodes are slow, but if you're willing to push through it, I think that the last episode was like really fucking eerie. 
and you learn sort of the motivation behind the bombs and how victims were chosen and it's just like kind of makes your skin crawl so um yeah i thought it was good not not amazing maybe i mean if you if you fall asleep <laughs> eight times it's probably not the most exciting thing ever but i i certainly thought it was it was good what did you guys think i hadn't heard of the story before and it is, I should say, like, it's super complicated. Mm. Like, there's a lot of, like, moving parts. There's a lot of information. And I think it's set out very well. But I think a lot of podcasts that would retell this might miss that out. But I think you need it for the context. Mm. So I think you almost kind of, like, have to slog through it. Yeah. Um, And I wasn't annoyed at it by the like the end of the second episode I was like I feel like this is you need to know the full story you need to see the whole picture of you know the crimes was like really really heinous um like a letter bomb is terrifying and I think with the all the extra information that you got it really encapsulated and really pictorialized the shock in the community um I almost like there's quite a big like twist in it and I kind of almost didn't see it coming which was shocking. Um, I think it might have been a little bit heavy on the religious stereotyping. I don't know whether that was like an editing choice, Um, but it wasn't a bad watch. I was just kind of unsure by the end of it whether or not I liked it. I was just, when it finished and I was just like, oh, okay. Like, oh, no like Mm. super strong feelings. I I would recommend like going and watching it, but I think, yeah, I think, yeah, it was all right. You are right about the guy's super creepy voice at the end. Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking creepy. See, I did want to watch it. I do know the story roughly because I've heard it on a podcast and I think there's a forensic files about it at some point. I've seen it. I know this, the rough... And then after I couldn't get through it, um, I then like Wikipedia'd it, Wikipedia'd it and uh, just to like refresh my memory. So the story is very like interesting. And you're right, you do need... Some of the backstory on it, I think. I think you're right. Yeah, because definitely they they sort of set it out that it could be you know a murderer, like psychopath, serial killer, mm. or potentially it could be the church is trying to destroy these documents mm. that go against what the church says is their history. So it really like I. I get why they did it. It has to show so much so you can understand sort of the foundation of like, oh, yeah, okay. It could actually be someone in the church trying to get these documents destroyed and why they would risk murdering people to do that. Um, But it does require a lot of storytelling. And and you're told things, right? You're not shown (laughs) necessarily. You're not Mm. shown by... You're not taught by showing, you're taught by just straight up telling. So people are telling you the history of Mormonism and they're telling you about this document business and that kind of stuff. So it's a it's very information heavy, especially the first two episodes. And then the third episode is your payoff. And you're like, oh, like I now it. I get it. <laughs> I also I obviously I don't I know there's Mormons sure all over the world. There are Mormons all over the world. <laughs> Every episode makes it worth it. But uh, I knew I, it, it's quite, not big in America, but there is a large population of Mormons in America. So I know a bit more about it already. And maybe that, yeah, as well, because I already sort of knew a little bit. I don't know if you guys know any people who practice the faith here or in Canada um, yourself, but. Yeah, I went to school with a couple of, um, couple oh, of guys okay. who did, yeah. Yeah. 
So um, I knew a little bit about it. I always found it really interesting, though, because I think it's so the way Mormons are are quite strict with their they're just a bit different. Like they're very strict with um, certain things, but then like they're very like generally okay. Like on Instagram, like big Instagrammers, like um, really beautiful ones that do like these amazing home accounts and like lifestyle ones. Um, they're Mormon and there's quite like a lot, like a lot of really popular ones that do and they're so good. And I was always like fascinated more about their like the religion and stuff like that. It was really interesting. So yeah. But I would say if, especially if you don't know about this crime, definitely give it a watch. I know I was saying that, but um, I trust what you guys said. Cause I mean, like if it was me <laughs> saying like, you guys gotta watch it and you guys were like falling asleep, you know, maybe don't. But um, no, I trust that. And especially if you don't know anything about it, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Like crime and all of it so i think it's a different type of crime too we do so many like you know the classic dateline episode a a spouse Mm. kills another spouse kind of thing this is very different and a very different way of murdering people that you don't often see because i mean it is so difficult and they try to glaze over how how it happens of course because they don't want you know people figuring out how to make pipe bombs but yeah i i would i'd give it like a a three and a half out of five kind of thing i think it was good not my favorite but it's still very interesting yeah i gave it a watchable three 3.5 as well yeah i can't i can't vote i feel like it's not fair <laughs> no but i will say <laughs> give it a go listen to them listen to them right for our second review today we're going to do operation varsity blues with the college admissions scandal um which is a new documentary on netflix have you guys both watched it yes yes Awesome. Okay, good. There's a new documentary from Netflix, and it covers the college admissions scandal from uh, 2019 in the U.S. Uh, That spring, an investigation codename Operation Varsity Blues revealed that wealthy families had used bribes to guarantee places at prestigious universities for their children as a part of a scheme organized by William Rick Singer, a former former basketball coach turned independent college counselor. So the documentary is directed by Chris Smith, who also did the Fry Festival one a few years back. Do you guys remember that one? Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fire right, Festival? Yeah. Fire Festival, yeah. Fire Festival. Okay, sorry. I can't remember how it was. The FBI alleged that beginning in 2011, 33 parents of high school students conspired with other people to use bribery and other forms of fraud to illegally arrange to have their children admitted to top colleges and universities. The authorities became aware of the scheme around April 2018 when uh, businessman Maury Tobin was being wiretapped in another case. (laughs) Um, So he was approached and then he offered up Rick Singer, who um, was like the head of it, who ran the whole scheme. Um, And then when Singer was approached, he was like, yep, I'll help you. (laughs) So he was like, uh, he agreed to help the FBI catch and incriminate all the parents. So he just was like, see you guys. So Singer's scheme was really popular um, with concerned upper-class parents because it occupied a gray area. I think Singer sold it as a more of like a gray area rather than straight up illegal, but surely deep down inside, they knew it was wrong. Let's face it. They exploited uh, pre-existing loopholes in sort of the college admission system. He referred to each successful case um, as finding a side door into these elite institutions. So getting in on merit would be, by his logic, like the front door, um, while making multi-million dollar donations would be the back door, although that happened as well. So the doctorate comes in 
and like recreates a phone conversation and they use actor Matthew Modine as singer. So he, I don't know if you guys recognized him. Did you? Mm-mm, no. So no. he's, he must be, I did. And then looking at, he's like um a bit of a like TV show actor in America. So he wasn't unknown, but like he wasn't just like an extra. So they actually got like a bit more of an actor, I think, to play him. So this, I actually happened to be in the US when this story broke and it was like crazy. Um, like everywhere, especially because several actresses, uh, American actresses were arrested as well. Felicity Huffman of Desperate Housewives. I don't know if you guys ever watched that. I highly doubt it. <laughs> Either of you watched that show. <laughs> Can't imagine it. Um, <laughs> oh no, I love it. Love it. Yeah, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, which all of that yeah. show. Yeah. Obviously, I watched Desperate Housewives because we know. Um, <laughs> uh so uh, she was arrested and pled guilty after um, to paying $15,000 to have someone correct her daughter's entrance exam answers. Um, she served 11 days of a 14-day sentence in California jail later that year. Also, actress Lori Loughlin, who was in the 90s um, show Full House. Did you guys ever watch that show? No. no. What? What? Sorry, of course. It was like an American 90s, like, just... <laughs> Anyone my age, like, everyone watched Full House. Anyway, uh, so, and she also does, like, these Hallmark movies. They're very much American actresses. They're not necessarily the and stuff that you guys wouldn't necessarily know. She does, like, all these Hallmark movies. So, like, the Hallmark channels, like, those, you know, the, I think here it's, like, Movies 24. Um, yeah, it's the and, cheesy ones, isn't it? Yeah, yeah like, B-grade movies. <laughs> yeah, the made-for-TV B-grade movies. Well, actually, they do show, they used to show some a lot of the Hallmark movies on Movies 24 in the UK. So um, she completed a two-month prison sentence for paying $500,000 to get her two daughters into the University of Southern California. So Singer cooperated with federal investigators and later pleaded guilty to racketeering, but he's not to be, yet to be sentenced. The documentary, I think, in my opinion, they do a good job of, like, painting a picture with the reenactments because it's really hard to like do I'm like how to do this documentary with a bunch of wiretaps without making people fall asleep <laughs> you know just being really boring so I think I thought the reenactments even though they were mostly just people standing around talking on the phone <laughs> um were okay I thought it was it wasn't too cheesy in my opinion like I thought it was okay I thought it was like decently produced it did a good job of like sort of laying out what happened and stuff like that it was all right I don't know then again I don't know if this was very much something that you needed to be American to watch because I don't know if you guys have any idea if the, I know that the college and university system like doesn't work the same way and we have just totally different. So I don't know if some of the stuff was kind of like, what? Like lost on you or they did a good job explaining it or anything. So I'm not really sure in that respect if it was like, you know, I don't know. So that was my opinion. I mean, honestly, I had it on and it's not something you need your full attention for. I was kind of like watching it and like doing, you know, Whatever. So for me, it was like, it's all right. Stick it on if you're interested in it. If you're not, don't. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, what did you guys think? So I remember when the story happened and I remember seeing the news. Oh, like a couple rich people were um, arrested. And I thought, oh, that's embarrassing. Like your kid's not smart enough to get into university. Uh, and then it just kind of like went away. 
And so watching this, I didn't realize just how many people were doing this Mm. and over such a long period of time. Um, So that was quite eye-opening. And yeah, it was a little bit cheesy. But like you said, how do you make wiretap conversations interesting? (laughs) You have to do reenactments. Like there's no other way. So you kind of have to just like get past that and just accept it for what it is. Um, But there's certainly some moments that are extremely rage inducing when you think of Mm. like that the way the system is in the u.s and how universities rate themselves on prestige which is nothing it's 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 just it's not a real thing but it makes them desirable um whereas canada is a little bit different um obviously we don't have harvard or yale or that kind of thing so the the pressure isn't the same in canada so it, it it felt a little bit foreign to be watching these kids like ball their eyes out online because they didn't get into their Ivy League school. Like I've never I never felt that way. I went to college, like two <laughs> years college, peace out. Like mm. so that's that kind of the emotional attachment. I didn't I couldn't understand myself at least. But also they, t- they they touch on a lot of different topics and they don't really dive into all of them because there's not enough time. But, you know, the fact that rich people already have enough opportunities and yet they're having to lie and, and steal to get even further ahead. And also the discussion on universities in the U.S. and do admissions need to change? And like they it it touches on so many different aspects, but it's quite a big conversation to to get into but overall like perfectly fine it was interesting um i learned something new kind of like the last documentary i think it was just you know it's watchable it's it's interesting yeah so a solid documentary yeah Mm. i liked that they used the transcripts from the real like real calls like Mm. and reenacted them but i did like you say it was cheesy but i think the acting was like hammy almost do you know what I mean by that I mean it was like hammed up it seems like that like one theater kid that's like trying too hard um which is fine that's an acting style um the story's actually really really sad and I think the parents um the it was the emotions of the parents were played off massively especially the ones who were like absent or work or weren't at home as much um you know did I spend enough time with my kids kind of thing you know they're trying to they they do it on that basis that they want the best for their best for their kids but really there are like two types of victim in the story and that's one the children who are unaware their parents were doing it oh that's horrible yeah oh Jesus imagine like finding that out thinking that you'd got into a top school on your own merit and then it turns out that your parents had like paid someone to lie and change your test scores Or that your sibling had to pay less to get in the school, but your price tag was higher to get in. Oh, God. There were some of the conversations where, like, the mom was like, yeah, she's, you know, stupider. She actually called her kid, like, like, I don't know. It's just like, how do you ever – how is your relationship with your – how would you ever trust your parents again? How would your relationship ever be okay? It'd be, like, forever ruined, wouldn't it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, serious therapy time. Yeah, therapy. And then, like, the other victim – of this story are the people who were applying on their own merit but without that background support and then not getting the places that were assigned to these people like they're the ones I feel most most sorry for in this entire story and the amounts of money that were being thrown around for these like tutorings it was like 
could you not use that money for something else? (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh my God, it was kind of sickening. I really enjoyed the like house of cards moment at the end. Do you remember that like one guy gets arrested and he like snitches on the other guy and then the other guy snitches and it's just like like a snitch circle. Yeah. Um, I thought it was brilliant. But as we know, in white collar crime, snitches don't get stitches. <laughs> so um, it's fine. Um, even like the guy who perpetrated the whole thing was like, yeah, I'll snitch. Yeah, he's like, okay. He's, he Go. was like straight in. Yep. He was straight in. And that was, I thought that was brilliant. And the other the other note that I wrote was <laughs> the punishments these people received were, and this is a direct quote from my handwritten notes, uh, the punishments these people received were weak souls. <laughs> <laughs> Two months, five months, 14 days. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, holy crap. But yeah, shame on this guy, but shame on the parents. God knows how those kids feel. Yeah, and also it's like the documentary is only an hour and 40 minutes. So you're not wasting like 18 hours of your life on that fucking Cecil Hotel documentary that we watched. True, yeah. <laughs> like you're, it's like short and sweet. Um, but I did feel as a like British person watching it, I had known nothing about the like how colleges work. I don't really get, I, I get what a scholarship is, but like I don't know how you would like finesse the system to get one. Does college really matter that much in the US? Oh, it's beyond, it, it's all that you do. You go to school to go to college. That's what I was going to explain that too. So your whole life revolves around go, what college and university you're going to go to, basically. Literally, you're like groomed and your SAT score. So you do like prep, SAT prep in places. You, you specifically take classes to look good for your college application starting at your beginning of your high school career You and your extracurricular curricular activities because you have to look like a well-balanced person but the only reason you're doing it is to look like a well-balanced person for your admissions that's psychopathic yeah it's wild (laughs) it is so cut through okay there's about eight there's so many it's a very it's a huge business in the in the u.s everyone most people go to college and university so college in the u.s is still is the same thing as university it's expensive it's really like the, there's eight Ivy League schools but then there's a ton of really good schools too and then like even there's just a lot of competition to go to the good ones and there's only so many spots and it's it's crazy it's like um you you we literally in the school you have a college admissions guidance like counselor so to like help you get into where you want to go and like stuff like that now the average person isn't doesn't have the money to pay like these people like that's not a normal thing now the other way you can go to good schools and different schools is through sports merit so let's say you are an amazing um so two things rower rower yeah <laughs> you can go to the row yeah it's that's ridiculous but you can get on the teams so in america we have obviously like the nfl and like you know like the nba like the basketball and the um football which are american football which are really big sports here in the you um the UK, you can be signed to a team when you're like, you know, sixteen or something. You don't have to go. Yeah, well. or younger. It doesn't yeah. work that way. You have to get signed through this college. They sign you through the colleges. So these people have to go to college. Like, you have to. You get signed from college and in, in university. Does that make sense? So, because that's another. I mean, big it, industry. how you're explaining it makes sense, but like, does my brain compute it? No fucking no. way. Like, I don't understand that. <laughs> it's bananas. Whatsoever. The whole thing is I, flawed. Yeah. I mean, once we were in Las Vegas, it was like March, and it was like college football season, and I had no clue what was happening. And people were like betting on it and stuff. And I was like, did these people like go to school at the same time? I. Yeah. So, so. It's, <laughs> I was just I like, actually, how do you have time? I know. <laughs> 
It's really good. I know it's wild because they're almost pl- they're playing at professional levels, but with school. But they have these whole programs that like mm. recruit them, the best of the best in the country. I and mean, obviously, it's a much bigger country mm. with people, like more people wise. Now, the college stuff is actually really fun because they're not paid professionals, so it's a bit more. Um, people get really into the college stuff, especially like where they went to school and they really follow it. And it's a big thing in like March Madness, which is the basketball, mm. which is the schools. It is really good fun um, in that. And people get really into the, in general, like people are really into sports at home, like in America, even women are really into it. It's a very just like culturally, it's like different. I just think you should never be able to pay your way into spots that people, other people, every, you know, other people have to um, either be be working for since birth at a sport to be the best of the best of the best to get into playing or, or both and have good academic because um, you have to have like a certain GPA. So you can't be like failing. I'm sure there's people that are helping them too, or pay your way in. Like it's just, it is flawed. Like they've got to work out a better system. So anyway, sorry, I was going on one there. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand the college admissions thing. And like yeah. in, in the UK, there's not so much, well, in England almost, there's not so much pressure, I don't think, Mm-mm. to attend. And then, I mean, we have like what we call like Russell Group Universities. Mm. If you've heard that, which is like a group of universities and they're like topper, like the higher tier. And you're more likely to like get jobs out of universities if you've been on been to one of those. But it it doesn't matter. A degree's a degree at the end of the day. I agree. I prefer the, the, the grades here. the same. Like it doesn't. I mean, I got my degree through fucking OU for God's sake. Like it doesn't mm. matter. Still mm. get to use the letters after my name, but like that's the only reason I did it. <laughs> <laughs> get it, those it, letters. It just, it just yeah. doesn't matter. No, like, I, it doesn't I, matter. I agree with you. I prefer the system here. I think there's too much pressure on people way too young. And then you come out of it unless you do get a scholarship. So you get a scholarship, you can get grants and scholarships to go places where you get your 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 tuition paid for and, and like living expenses and some depending on how big the scholarship is. But like, it's just, you got your whole life, you have your whole life to be stressed out. Like, look at us. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get better. It doesn't get any better. So why are you doing it to them at that age? I agree. So I'm totally with you guys. Anyways, so out of one to five, what are you going to rate it? I say it's a three. Yeah, three. I gave it a three. Yeah. All right. If you got nothing better to do, stick it on. It's in the background. Fold some laundry. Exactly. Weird crime time. It's weird crime time. It's like super disgusting. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> uh, this week for weird crime time, we're going to Scotland. And before we get into the story, we've said it before that this isn't an animal crime podcast, <laughs> but it is slowly turning into an animal crime podcast. I don't know how, I don't think we're angry about it. It's just evolution. <laughs> Beaks, you know. <sighs> I wasn't actually going to do this one, but then um, James, I used my husband as like an intern and he sent me in. And I, just, I, had to, I had to change it like <laughs> midway through the week. Um, so the Edinburgh Evening News had this absolute trinket of a headline and it read, Edinburgh woman bites off man's tongue in street brawl before seagull swooped down and ate it. Oh my god. God, I really didn't see that coming. No. I was like, where's the animal going to come in? Where's the animal going to come in? <laughs> <laughs> so Bethany Ryan and James McKenzie were absolute strangers. They just didn't know each other. It wasn't like, a, it wasn't like a domestic fight in the street or anything. And this happened on the 1st of August 2019. 
Which I think is important for context, because I don't think the story would have happened in 2020. No. How are you so, getting your tongue... At? Anyway, continue. By a stranger! I'm, I'm literally stranger. about to tell you. And it's absolutely bonkers, and I don't believe it. Okay. okay. So, um, there was an altercation between them as they passed on the street. This was about around 8pm. Um, Bethany tried to walk away, but James apparently approached her with a clenched fist. Very threatening. Um, it's claimed that Bethany tried to push him, but then she tried to kiss him. All right. Wait. Um, whilst kissing him, she bit off a portion of his tongue. <laughs> uh, um, the pair kind of like f- like separated and sort of fell apart. James sort of started to walk away and then he spat out the chunk of tongue. It's really not a phrase I thought I'd say today. <laughs> I didn't think I'd hear it either. I'm so disgusted with myself. Um, then a large seagull appeared and ate it. The chunk of tongue, oh, I hate this, was two centimetres by three centimetres, which doesn't sound a lot, but when we're talking about tongue, that's massive. That's, that's quite a big, big chunk. chunk. That's a big chunk of tongue. Um, jokes aside, Bethany pleaded guilty to herself and is awaiting sentencing, and because the seagull ate it, they couldn't get it back to reattach it, so James is actually permanently disfigured by this attack. <gasps> I don't know... If I believe that story, I believe the seagull part because the seagull's harmless in that. But the whole like, they had an altercation in the street. They didn't know each other. She tried to kiss him. Why to like try and disarm him? It doesn't make sense. And then she like bit a chunk of his tongue off. Like think of the force that you would need to use. I don't think my teeth could handle that. It just makes me... Recently um, for a video... I set up a P.O. box. One of the uh, my YouTube viewer uh, people from Scotland sent me a bunch of uh, alcohol in the post. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> facts being one of them. Now, oh, that's um, danger fluid. If yeah. if we're talking about Scotland and we're talking about getting rowdy in the street at eight p.m., perhaps Buckfast was involved. You know, if she uh, downed some of that, I mean, after I had some, I thought I was seeing, like, different colors. Like, it was a real experience. <laughs> so what disgusting. is it? I've never heard of it. It's, it's, it's like a fortified wine, isn't it, or something? It's yeah. alcohol and, and caffeine. It's like a four loco, but um, higher percentages. So, um, you know, you get your but ups like and your downers. it's, like, historic, isn't it? Yeah. At the same <laughs> time. And, um, yeah, I could see if she, you know... Had some buckfast, perhaps. He looked at her the wrong way, or perhaps they bumped into each other, and then just like, you know what? I am going to bite a piece of his tongue off. <laughs> like, I'm going to fuck you up. <laughs> oh, I just um, thought that was probably the most disgusting weird crime time. Yeah, with an and animal. The sea- the, yeah, the seagull was fe- featured very, very like minorly in the story, but I just don't ever want to say chunk of tongue again. Wow. Oh, gross. <laughs> We, you know, not only do we talk about a lot of animal crimes, but like birds specifically. Yeah, birds. Like what? Well, Maybe that's not real. Okay. Okay, that could be it. Because perhaps so you, can, um, you can program a bird to do something, can you? I think we've learned that in the in the crime world, birds obviously are at the top. Yeah. Like, like they're like the the mob bosses, like or something. Something's going on there. It's my theory. So. I'm going to go back through previous episodes and count up how many animal crimes we've done and then, like, see how many of those were birds. birds. I think you should do that. And then we'll put, like, a little ratio percentage on Instagram. (laughs) You can follow us on Instagram. It's fun. 
Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, I think that's all we have for today. Um, You can check out our website, murderfriends.com, and you can see our sources for what we chatted about today. You can email us with any suggestions at murderfriendspod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at murderfriendspd and Instagram, murderfriendspod. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.